say sorry for that little mishap there i have no, <laughs> i have no clue how that happened uh wrong buttons wrong buttons and everything like that well i hope you are all doing fantastic i got a couple of things i want to talk about this week we're doing it on a thursday i was busy the last couple of days and um i'm busy in the next couple of days as well so i'm busy 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 uh not busy in the sense that i'm busy i just got a lot of stuff going on you know not a whole lot of stuff but enough stuff to keep me away from this podcast but anyways uh what can i say a lot of stuff has happened but one thing that is absolutely positively freaking me out is this book a short history of nearly everything this book is really cool because of a couple of things this one thing is that it it just shows you how amazing you know everything is like it just shows you this kind of this aspect of life that oh my god like this world is not what it seems like like there's so much stuff going on that we can't even notice we're so stuck in our world right we're so stuck in this whole view like in our world we're stuck in politics with friends we're like you know we you know watch tv every day we catch up on social it's our world is so limited that we don't know what the hell is actually going on right this book has exposed me to what is you know our universe and it's freaking amazing and terrifying let me give you one instance of how amazing it is uh, let me just let me get a passage out for you right uh some of these passages passages here are just amazing and i've highlighted a few i'm up to into the troposphere that chapter which is pretty cool pretty cool but um there is quite a cha- like a paragraph in this which was like wow uh let me try and find it. It's in the chapter Lonely Planet. Life itself. Um, it isn't easy being an organism in the whole universe. As far as we, we yet know, there is only one place, an inconspicuous outpost of the Milky Way called the Earth, that will sustain you, and it can be pretty grudging. That's not the paragraph I was looking for, but, um... Oh, almost lost my bookmark there. Uh... Let's see. There we go. No, that's not the one. Anyways, you get what I mean. Freaking life is amazing, right? Uh, this book just exposes you to how miraculous our life really is. How many events had to have occur to contribute to us being alive at this moment to me talking to you uh to you watching the screen here uh and all of that kind of stuff right and it's just absolutely amazing but it's scary because the guy goes through post apocalyptic apocalyptic stuff let me give you an example uh 
apocalyptic stuff in the sense that how we can kill ourselves and how Earth can itself perish. Not through nuclear stuff, not through our own means, but through other means, such as volcanoes. There's this one chapter where he goes through in extreme detail, play, play tech. Like, if you want to have a basic cover of science, you would. It's like, it's like a little safari, right? It's it's like a safari. You're in the freaking jeep or whatever, and you just go through sightseeing. You don't know the complexities behind it, but you can sort of just gather a sense, right? Uh, this book takes you through that, except it's science safari. So it goes through what? The history of physics, like I said last week, history of um, chemistry, geology, all these kind of stuff. Goes through the people that made it happen, goes through the theories, the main theories underlying the uh, field itself, and all that kind of stuff. But this book is um, really weird because it goes through what can be the end uh, it goes through so many situations where you know it just shows you the earth is really not what it seems we are in fact right now living in a paradise or what seems like a paradise but underneath it all underneath that very ground underneath that uh, okay I don't know what I'm saying but underneath the ground is something really dangerous and something really weird and if it happens we can it, it, it'll be fucked. We're fucked, <laughs> basically. Um, to give you an example, I'm going to go through Yellowstone National Park. Yellowstone National Park, okay? This guy talks about it. Really cool. Really nice place. Really scenic place, right? Really, really tranquil place, right? Underneath it all is what could possibly cause the end to humanity. Because, uh, let me just revise. <laughs> I have actually no clue. Um... It's not as tranquil as it seems. Because, uh, let's see. I just want to get to that place. Okay, I can't find it, lol. Um, yeah, it's a volcano. And not really a big volcano. A huge, humongous volcano. Let me give you an example about the artifacts. I got so scared after reading this one, right? Uh, I'm just trying to find the paragraph. It's a bloody volcano underneath Yellowstone, and the effects, if it does erupt, is absolutely magnificent, right? Magnificent in the sense of terrifying, because we're all going to be fucked. The whole world is going to be fucked, right? Uh, excuse my language, by the way. Um, let's see. It is a breathless magma chamber, right? A site of an active supervolcano. It erupts every 600,000 years. And uh, it's been 630,000 years since the last eruption. So, we are due for an eruption. But, you know, you're talking, you're listening to this podcast, you're like, eh, who gives a freak about a freaking eruption, about a super volcano? Well, let me tell you, you should give a fuck. Because, um, let me just go through it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it seems beautiful and all, but it is just humongous. Because, let me just go through it. 
because we don't know what is actually going to happen but we do know the effects are going to be huge right um, yeah I have no clue what I'm talking about but it's going to be huge because uh, when it actually erupts right it's gonna send a huge amount of stuff overboard but it's it's almost it's not really like a traditional volcano in the sense that it's not like you know like, like a cone right we often imagine volcanoes like as a cone and it just explodes like blah, like that <laughs> I don't know what that was but um yeah but this one is a flat volcano and we don't really know what the effects are or at least I can't really find the effects I probably should have prepared um, but uh, yeah, I really suggest you go read this thing. I'm not going to tell you about the effects because first of all, I don't really remember. But I do remember it was being humongous. Uh, let me see if I can find it again. Let's see. It, like, it's humongous. Um, let's see. Alright, I can't find it here. Wait. We don't know what really the effects are, right? Um, but it is going to be humongous. I said that like three times already. But trust me, it's going to be wicked. Wicked in the sense that it's going to be terrible. And it's going to be bad. And it's going to be really bad. Uh -huh. But that's all i got to say um, about this. But this book... I really really suggest you read it it's a really good book in the sense that I told you already it covers all the fields it's just really interesting how he writes it you know and uh, all the other stuff he goes through about Yellowstone right now I'm going through um, yeah, the troposphere the different kinds of atmosphere it's really really interesting stuff about the universe you know and uh, I really, really think you should give it a go and you don't really need a history in science you don't need a background in science if you're only you know if you're someone who's more artistic who doesn't really like science it's a pretty good book to get into because the guy really makes it interesting without making it too complex you know um, so yeah I've been reading through this and I hopefully I have halfway I'm kind of already halfway so I have a bit more to go hopefully I get it finished by the end of next week um, well with that said and done it's been a good opportunity because of I've been speed reading in a sense I've been practicing my speed reading and that's because of this tiny little exam called the UCAT now I want to talk a bit about the UCAT because uh, first of all some people are really misleading about the UCAT um, and also in the sense that hopefully it can help you there might be a couple of you who wanted to get into medicine so if you don't know the UCAT is um, an exam an entrance exam to get into med in the UK and Australia um, and it's a really weird exam in the sense that you can't really stu you can study for it but it's very very different in the sense that um, in the sense that you don't need to know stuff you don't need to memorize freaking biology concepts or like you know stuff like that that's the GAMSAT that's a postgraduate exam for Australian and I think some UK universities but um but that's postgraduate stuff so that's after you complete your degree now for the UK right 
uh, give it a bit of intro. It's all about skills. It's about, so there's four, five sections. There's verbal reasoning in which you have a passage and you answer questions about the passage and stuff like that. Uh, and then there's decision making, which is all about syllogisms and logical puzzles and like Venn diagrams, probability, all that kind of stuff. And then there's quantitative reasoning, which is a whole lot of math stuff. Uh, mathematics, so you know, like stuff like, you know, um, you know, distance, speed, time, uh, ratios, percentages, all that kind of math stuff. Then there's abstract reasoning, a really weird section where it's all about patterns. You have a bunch of patterns there and you have to recognize the pattern and then you got to match the, you know, you got to find the pattern and then apply it to other patterns. Uh, stuff like that, if that makes sense. And then the final section, which probably most universities don't give a shit about, is situational judgment. Now, the thing with the UCAT I found is that um, I did it two times in the previous years. Not have not done well. I've done well in the last year. I've got a really really good score in um, quantitative reasoning. Like I got, uh, I I really got a, I got a good score. But for all the other sections, uh, like I'm pretty shit. Um, I got like 80th percentile. Not bad, but uh, I'm in Australia, so I think. 80th percentile would have gotten me to some maybe some places in the UK but in Australia man it's a bit cutthroat um, so I'm trying again this year and I know and I think the key to UCAT success right the timing must is you know key to UCAT success is I think mastering the timing right this exam is really rapid pace in the sense that you could probably do all the get all the questions correct if you had an unlimited amount of time but in this case you don't it's very very time pressured right um, and I think the key to doing it is to do enough questions every single day right doing enough questions getting used to timed practice every single day making it almost sort of automatic that you get into this flow state now during the other sections right like verbal reasoning stuff my God, my anxiety went into overdrive. I was just, I didn't know what to do in the first section, right? Like, I think for last year, all my prep was really good, but that all the small things added up and really dragged me down. So let's say for verbal reasoning, I'll give you an example, you know, like I just, I just went through the section. I just didn't know what I was doing. I was like, oh, okay. My anxiety was really into overdrive. And one of the key things was one of the main things in my technique, and it's so silly what I did, but I used the mouse to scroll through each line, you know, to speed up my reading. That made such a huge amount of noise because it was like a weird table. So when I, when I was doing the mouse thing, right, it was really weird because it um, made a huge amount of noise, and I that just added to my anxiety. I was just like, whoo, I, I didn't know what I was doing. But there was this thing in quantitative reasoning where I was sort of in the flow state. If you don't know what the flow state is, it's a state where you lose track of time. You're in it, you know, you're in the zone as it were. The thing is not too difficult, but it's not too easy. You're just in that right amount of space where you can just push through. And that was what happened with quantitative reasoning. You know, I didn't get to keep track of time. I was going through it. Um, uh, and, you know, I didn't have any difficulties. Like, I had some difficulties, but I skipped through the hard questions. Um, got all the easy questions done. And, um, you know, and it was good. I mean, I lost a couple of minutes because I accidentally turned the numlock key off. 
So I would have gotten a much better score. I lost like one to two minutes, which is a huge amount of time to do questions for you, Kat. But um, yeah, it's just that, and the old, I think in order to reach that flow state, so I think for any skills exam, right? So if you have a skills exam, it's important to get into that flow state of things where you lose track of time and you're spinning through and you're crushing it, in other words, right? You're feeling happy, you're feeling in the moment, you're not like, you know, too worried, you're not anxious at all, you're just speeding through the questions, you're totally focused. Nothing else is there, you're totally focused. I think that's the aim for you should have for most skills exam. And I think the way to reach that is a couple of things. One is strategy. You need to have a good strategy for certain types of questions. Is skills questions, right? So if there is a certain skills question that pops up now and then, you need to master it. You need to have a certain strategy for it. But also, I think you need to do enough questions every day so, uh, to make it sort of habitual, to make it sort of automatic. You need to do it um, most every day, almost every day to get that sort of level of practice. And you need to know your weaknesses um, and a whole lot of stuff. Now, for UCAT prep, I usually leaned into Medify, right? And Medify is great. Don't get me wrong. They have like what? Medify is like a question bank for the UCAT. Um, and it was good, right? Uh, it was really good for that. But I think if you really want to get the high marks. Now, I know this is not really that interesting. I'm just letting some that 1% know what I think. I really think you should go for MedEntry. One, because they have like 10 practice exams and it's really, really making a difference to my practice. Um, I really do think if you're going to go for some, get mid-entry first and then close to the exam when you have like one to two weeks and you want more extra practice papers, do Medify. That's my uh, thing at least. I'll let you know how I go <laughs> with the UCAD this year. Uh, but um, yeah, that for that 1% of medical applicants who are listening, that's my advice. Uh, I'm not really too qualified to give it, but um, hopefully it helps. Ask around and uh, see how you go. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing for the past few weeks. Just prepping for the UCAT, just getting to know it. Because, um, and I've touched on this earlier, it's hard, man, um, to UCAT. But um, I had an interesting experience yesterday, which... Um, I will, you know, I hopefully will relate to you. Now, I was always a very undisciplined guy in the sense that I, I, I thought I liked waking up late, doing whatever. You know, yesterday, I'll give you an example yesterday. Uh, actually, no, I'll tell you over the past few weeks and then I'll give you an example of what happened yesterday. So for the past few weeks, I've been disciplined. Disciplined. Waking up at 7 o'clock. Now, 7 o'clock is not too early for some people, but very early for me. For a guy who woke up at 11 o'clock every day, that's early. <laughs> so, like, wake up at 7 o'clock, do my morning routine. So, what? Get down, like, do some maths problems using Alami, the app, and, um, you know, brush my teeth, going downstairs, making coffee, going outside, getting that sunlight, getting those photons in my eyes in the morning. Uh, finishing coffee, doing all these kinds of morning routine stuff like, you know, affirmations, um, kind of a mini version of morning pages and stuff. Uh, search it up uh, if you want to know more. Uh, and also um, writing down a schedule for the whole day. And uh, and then, like, I just go out, go upstairs again, get changed, go for a run. Go for a run and uh, 
five Ks at least, um, and then come back and then bada bing bada boom, have a cold shower, do some kettlebell exercises. Although I haven't been doing that much kettlebell exercises, I do mean to do more. But um, and other than that, yeah. And then throughout the day, because I've been that disciplined, right? Because I've made myself do those things, which sometimes, some days are I feel pumped, uh, and other days I feel really bad. Like I just be like, oh. My God, how am I going to get through this? Sucks. Um, but yesterday was a weird day. Because yesterday, we, there was a whole lot of stuff happening. So I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to take a chill. Since there's a lot of stuff happening, I took that as an excuse. Uh, and I took a chill. I woke up at like... I woke up at 7 actually. But I went back to sleep. Because my dog... If you haven't seen my dog, Jay... Watch the first episode of this podcast uh, on YouTube. But, um, and Jay came and sat and slept on my bed. And I was like, oh, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm just going to go sleep. So I woke up at 11. I woke up at like 10.30. But like I had like intermittent like sleep. Like I woke up and I went back to sleep like a couple of times in the morning. And then, you know, I, I dragged myself to the shower and stuff. I, I didn't go running yesterday. Did not go running yesterday. Um... And then I was like, watch podcasts all day and uh, all that kind of stuff. Whoa, one sec. Phone call. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a whole lot of other stuff going on. Um, and I was just undisciplined. I used my phone. I was watching videos all day. And um, bada bing, bada boom. Undisciplined. Didn't do anything. I was just off the rails. A typical holiday for me. And let me tell you, at the end of the day, uh, it freaking sucked. <laughs> it freaking sucked because one, you have this overflow of this kind of anxiety. You have a little like baseline anxiety. And I think if you're undisciplined, if you don't do anything like physical, like physical exercise, that anxiety just stays with you. Um, and, um, you know, and it's just... um. It's really weird. And you get a bit depressed. You get a bit like, oh my god, what is life? <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, um, and you get depressed. And you know what, man? I was like, nah, I don't, this is not for me. I'm gonna, this is, I, I, I think I'm gonna take on the disciplined life a lot more now. So, you know what, man? I powered up the nighttime routine. So, this is my nighttime routine, by the way. Play like 10 minutes of Tetris. Because, like, you know. It's shown to have numerous amount of benefits playing Tetris for like 10 minutes. And it's addictive too, man. I can feel myself getting addicted to Tetris. Uh, um, but yeah, play 10 minutes of Tetris. Uh, go bathroom, brush teeth, floss, uh, do all that kind of stuff. And then meditate for 5 minutes before going to bed. And I have this routine. I have a 5 minute like meditation routine. So like in the first minute, you oh, it's, it's 6 minutes in like total. But uh, anyway... Like the first minute, you have a deep breath in, deep breath out. So inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth. You know, that kind of stuff. Deep breath stuff. And then for the first two minutes of the meditation, you do a kind of a body scan. So you scan through your whole body. You feel, you know, do it right now if you want. So like um, you just sit still, you know, your back straight. I'm not having my back straight right now, but, um, you know, you have your back straight and as you go through your whole body, you go through your head and you imagine yourself relaxing those muscles in your head and, you know, you go through your hands, stuff like that, right? And then in the last, like, three minutes or so, you just chill. 
you just like be like Whew. sorry in the next two minutes you're almost kind of chill um sorry I'm just looking at the door I think <laughs> I think Jay's like right there near the door um but um yeah uh it's just um and then the last minute you sort of become way more and then you just let yourself out like you let your thoughts out so for the first like you know central like two minutes after the body scan you sort of just focus in and out your breath like you know in and out like you know focus solely on your breath but in the last minute you let your mind loose do whatever it wants to do and then after that I go to bed and it's been pretty good nighttime routine to be honest um but uh yeah um I think um small podcast today I want to keep it short because I think someone's calling me urgently and I need to be somewhere but uh short podcast today expect a longer one hopefully next week I'll talk a lot more about uni stuff what's going to happen hopefully I have extra interviews next week I'm going out next week uh, for a vacation with some friends uh it should be fun hopefully I'll do some podcasts there but other than that bada bing bada boom bada bing bada boom I hope you let me just uh set up the audio stuff um bada bing bada boom bada bing bada boom i hope you're all doing well sorry for a short podcast but um bada bing bada boom bada bing bada boom hope you have a great week ahead and i'll see you hopefully monday or friday bye bye